Good morning. On this Thursday morning, welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. As you heard me say yesterday, we're going to be wrapping up our study on capacity, enlargement in the life of an individual uh, through a combination of faith and God's ability to give an individual talents and capabilities, abilities in and her life and growing in those things that God has measured out in our lives. We had talked about the word metron. In the new study that I'd like to start, we're going to be talking about some things that are parallel in America, in Israel, in the church, uh, the way the kingdom of God functions in its, in its principles here on earth. But in a combination of the study, every now and then it's going to cross or crisscross with capacity and some of the things that we've learned from that. So as we start our adventure, it's, uh, it's going to take us a while again. I'd like us to begin in the book of Philippians in chapter 4, verse 15. God's ability to provide for his people. God's ability to provide for the needs of his people. God's ability to provide the miraculous and the supernatural in the lives of the believer. Now, there is a combination of both natural and supernatural things that God can accomplish in the life of an individual. Uh, As we had read in Luke uh, chapter 6, verse 38, it said, Give and it shall be given good measure, metron, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? See, there's the natural. For with the same measure that you measure, it shall be measured unto you. Then we have the aspect and the part that God gives. The, the, the supernatural part. So there can be where man blesses us and they provide for us certain things. But then there is the involvement where God opens doors or he closes doors or he uses people's lives and things or timings or places to make provision for his people in good time. Uh, The opportunity, it says that if we sow uh, in good time, in good season, if we don't faint, we will reap what we have sown. So we have these two things that are going to be running parallel where God uses the natural and the supernatural to make things. We're going to be specifically looking at also in the book of Exodus, the miracles that God did to provide for the people of Israel, whether it was rescuing them and the whole nation coming up out of Egypt, uh, whether it was uh, the entire nation coming out with silver and gold and not a feeble person amongst them, whether it was their clothing growing, their shoes growing out in the desert for 40 years and not wearing out, or whether it was the manna that fell from heaven for 40 years, except every Sabbath, and they were supplied, whether it was the quails that he sent, whether it was the Red Sea that he split, whether it was the water that followed them, that rock that provided for them. When we begin to look at the immensity and the largeness, the greatness of these miracles, then we can actually 
narrow it down and see if God could provide for an entire people, an entire nation for 40 years, then surely he must care for just my need or the needs of me and my wife and my family. In other words, God truly does care. He careth for us. And we are told to cast our cares upon him for he cares for us. Only when we begin to understand and see how much he cares for us, that we will lean towards him and on him and less on our own understanding. Well, let's read Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. I'm not going to get into all the background history of what had happened and when Paul is writing all of this, but I just want to pick up right where the verses start and begin to read there. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, and it's assumed that this was about maybe uh, 12, maybe 14 years ago before writing this. So that that was a, a, a good ways off. Now, you Philippians also know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me. The word communicated that is used there is not the word that we would use for communication, but it's actually the word uh, to share with others or to distribute, distribute or be a partaker of. No other church shared with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Whether they didn't know about it, whether they could not do it, but for whatever reason, Paul mentions here these two specific words concerning giving and receiving. In the book of Acts, the, uh, the, the individuals there at one time, they wrote that even the Lord himself, he made himself poor that we might be made rich. And that was all concerning giving and receive it. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Uh, one of the aspects of giving is one usually out of a grateful heart before God, especially for our salvation, our deliverance, our healing, uh, whatever God has accomplished. One in gratitude normally demonstrates it through acts or actions of giving. We would call these acts of love, acts of kindness, gratitude, but here the apostle mentions these two specific things. And as you look at these two words in the book of Philippians, you begin to realize that this is something that is woven in through all the way from Genesis, all the way to the, the book of Revelation, this concept, principle, this law of giving and receiving. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, the principle is in there. Understanding how it functions, how it works in our lives is one of the things that we want to look at. But we want to look at also that God wants his people to have their needs met. I didn't say their wants, even though we can have wants and he will meet them. But I'm talking about the needs, those that are pressing at the urgent moment. And there are certain needs that we should not even concern ourselves about 
that he said he provides that he knows ahead of time that we have need of these things. He knows that we have need of clothing or shelter or water or food. He knows that we have need of these things. And he compares and says, look at the birds. Uh, uh, look at the flowers uh, or the grass out in the field. You know, they don't toil. They don't force themselves. They don't worry. They're not afraid. And yet, you know, when you compare them to Solomon, he wasn't even dressed or arrayed in any clothing that compared to the glory of these flowers have. And the birds, there's not one single little bird that'll fall off a tree branch or out of the sky without God knowing. And there are so many of them, yet he knows when each one of them drops to the ground. Now God starts off in his word by letting us know in the book of Luke in chapter 12, verse 32. And 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 usually... <clears throat> When we talk about fear, we can consider it a phobia in many people's lives, being afraid of certain things. And that is the exact word that is actually used in the Greek. It's the word phobio, or we would say phobia. Uh, And Jesus says, fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure, our Heavenly Father. Give us this day our daily bread. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now stop and think about that. What kingdom? Not the kingdom of earth, but the kingdom that we partake in, the kingdom of God. To give you the kingdom. And of course we read and we can study in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. How the kingdom is actually. Jesus receives it and how he gives it to the Father. So that everything is under his feet. But we are to be partakers of that kingdom. It is invisible to our eyes. But we can see the manifestations of that kingdom. Every time the gifts of the spirit are demonstrated or manifested. We can also see the manifestation of that kingdom through people's lives when love and and, and deeds and words and actions all line up with God's will and purpose and is demonstrated so that the goodness of God can be seen as it is worked out in people's lives and God can be glorified through it. So the laws of sowing and reaping are involved in our inheritance are involved in our having any and all our needs met. The the Apostle Paul continues in Philippians in chapter 4, verse 16, and I'm going through it a little bit faster than I really wanted to, but I want to give the introduction so that as we start our study, uh, we already have a, a foundation laid out. Verse 16, For even in Thessalonica ye sent once And again, unto my necessities. Verse 17. Not because I desired a gift, but I desired fruit that may abound to your account. Paul here considered the people of the church of Philippi as helping Paul out in his needs while out there ministering. He considered it Not that he was asking for a need for himself. Not that he was asking for a desire to be blessed for something. 
But he was desiring that as they helped him in the work of the ministry, that fruit would abound to their credit, to their account. Now stop and think about that. Who's keeping track? Who's keeping record of this account? Who's the one that's dealing with this? Well, Paul understood that the law of sowing and reaping involves an account. The more you put into an account, the more you can withdraw from it. The less there is in an account, the less you can draw from it. And he wanted fruit to abound to their account. Then it says in verse number 18, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Paul considered their ability to give, their ability to bless him, their ability to help him, not that he wanted a gift, but he wanted that if they helped him, he knew that fruit would be, to their account, abounding. So it says that this gift that they sent was considered a sacrifice that was acceptable and well-pleasing before God. That means that the motives and the reasons behind it were also good. But in verse number 19, Philippians 4.19, our source, this intersects with our last message, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. So Paul here, all of a sudden, begins to say, look, just like you have met my needs and helped me with my needs, God is going to supply your need. But it's not going to be according to something that I have or something I can do, but it's going to be according to his riches and glory through Jesus Christ. Now, I took the liberty of getting a couple of translations to help us uh, understand this. It says, and my God will give you all you have need of from the wealth of his glory in Christ Jesus. Another translation says, but my God shall abundantly supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Everything is in Christ Jesus. It's through him. It's by him. It's from him. We can never separate our, our source from our need. Our source is tied to our need and our need is tied to our source. Well, I've gotten a short introduction in here. We'll be looking forward to more of the studies that will be coming up. And until then, keep looking up. Our redemption draweth nigh. The Lord richly, fully, and completely bless you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.